1: Southern Miss to the, top. to the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson.
2: Well, happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour on a cold Monday afternoon here in South Mississippi. Opening segment, as always, sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Golden Eagle Baseball and all Southern Miss athletics. They cater Meals and events, large and small, that cook fresh meat every day in-house. It is always good. So the next time you have something planned, we would suggest you let Dickie's do the catering. Or if you're looking for a great place to eat out, Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Hattiesburg. It's located right next to the mall in Laurel. is on 15th Street, and we're sure you'll find a Dickie's in a community near you. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. We're going to be talking to Tim Yelverton a little later in the show, former USM golfer who did some PGA golfing as well but first it's Monday we always go to our friend Scott Berry head baseball coach uh, at the University of Southern Mississippi and uh, coach mighty cold out there this afternoon too cold to practice baseball
3: well you know if we were uh, if, if we had to be out there certainly we would we're going to take today off because I don't know if they have uh, informed y'all but we're going to move our game from tomorrow evening with Southern University to Wednesday so yes, uh, today will be our off day and and uh, and probably need uh, to more than one way or another. Uh, this this the wind's pretty chilly out there. The field's very wet. So, right. Uh, but if we had to, we certainly would. Right. Sure.
2: All right, Coach. Well, a tough week, obviously. Uh, One run lost in New Orleans and then uh, lose two close games to Gonzaga. And then the irony of ironies to me, it really appeared the Eagles had found their bats and their rhythm again and really had Gonzaga on the ropes yesterday. And the rain comes in and stops you. Your, Your thoughts about this past week?
3: You know, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, <laughs> Heck yeah. so uh, you know, tough week certainly, um, uh, and uh, a tough start. You know, we're four and five. We're a game under five hundred. We've lost five in a row, and of those five, four of them we had opportunities and and we're in positions to win uh you know outside of the one game on Saturday the second game or I'm sorry the, the second game uh that Saturday at Mississippi state we you know could have won all those and, right. but, but fell short didn't didn't get the timely hitting so you know hopefully uh, the way we ended up yesterday even though uh nothing counts with yesterday's game we're up seven to one we really Put together some at bats that we had been uh, needing badly in in those losses and and at bats that had eluded us to out hits uh, you know extending mm-hmm. extending uh, the inning with hits. Slater's was a big at bat yesterday and 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 getting that uh, position for Horde to, to to leave the yard on a grand slam. So we had a lot of positives yesterday as we moved forward and that was a message after. After it was called yesterday, that we we have created some momentum for us and, and kind of broke the ice on some things that we hadn't been able to do. So, anxious certainly to get us back out there and and try to uh, try to right this ship for sure.
2: Right, uh, coach. What happened to Stevie Power Saturday? Did, how, how badly was he injured? You
3: know, Bob, it's just one of those things, man. He didn't nothing felt bad in his warm ups, uh, bullpen, n- nothing, and on the first pitch, he said he felt a. Uh, sharp pain in his lat and from every pitch after that it just kind of kept contracting back and forth and it just affected obviously on your throwing side what you're trying to do to do it so mm-hmm. you know it's it's just kind of one of those things in, in, this, in this tough start in all honesty and you know Walker Powell who just came off one of the best games he probably ever has thrown since he's been in our program the week before at state gets conference pitcher of the week and then on monday has a little discomfort in his bicep and you know that's that's why we pushed him to Mm -hmm. the third game just trying to give him rest and so you know it it didn't work out with that but uh you know needless to say we we've got to continue to deal with uh with this situation you know the best we can and the only way we can do that is get back on the field and and sure. prove ourselves successful
2: do you think the injury to powers is significant or do you anticipate him back this weekend you know
3: I don't really know I mm-hmm. haven't I haven't spoken with my trainer yet today on it uh, but you know I, I hope not but who knows you know it may be a situation where we've got to skip him this next week and mm-hmm. what we don't want to do is, is is cause it to to miss two weeks you know by trying to right. hurry him back so uh, you know we start conference a week from this coming friday so that's when it you know most important obviously
0: right look coach uh, just on the injury front also can you give us an update on brent blaylock
3: well the mri came back negative on any kind of a break there you know we thought at one time it may be that handmate bone that had gotten fractured but it uh as of right now the first set of eyes that viewed the mri said it all looked good We do want another set to look at it, and we're waiting for that doctor to to examine it. Just from the mere fact that because of the pain and where it's located, uh, you know, maybe maybe there is something there more. I know there's a lot of swelling, inflammation in that area that uh, we're trying to get down, and that's what he's dealing with more than anything. But right now, the um, the, the, the situation is that there is no break. That what we've been able to see is just trying to get that inflammation and soreness out of that area that of that hand and wrist. Hmm.
0: This is uh, just a unique year. So many injuries off the bat. It's kind of tough.
3: You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I really don't and certainly we're not going to use it as an excuse, and we're not going to um, and, and go there with it. And, you know, has it affected us? Yes, and I know I just said it's an excuse, but that's just the way it is. You know, we I've got guys out there that are playing. Gidry, I mean, he's not a hundred percent. He's trying to tough it out. You got Wallner who has an arm injury that uh, that hasn't got him back on the mound and kind of keeps him guarded a little bit. What he has to do out there, so. You know, we got guys that are trying to play through it, and for that, you know, I'm I'm grateful, and and cause you got to, you know, I, I use Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, as an example all the time. You know, 13 years, he never missed a start. I mean, he had to have, you know, something in those 13 years. But you know, there's there's a little bit of that toughness that that keeps him out there, and that's got to keep you out there as an athlete. And that, and I really feel like that's what our guys are doing right now. There's nobody nobody's more disappointed than. Than our program, you know, in the start right now four and five. So I hope and, and feel like that we'll be better for it when when it's all said and done. And
2: hey, coach, there's a lot of right. baseball in front, right? I mean, we're we're just kind of getting started.
3: <laughs> oh, there's no doubt, and I think that's what we have to continue to do. And and you know, certainly can't panic. We have to meet, you know, what what is in front of us head on. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Now we knew going in that uh, these first eleven ball games. 10 of them were against regional opponents, we've seen some really good arms. I right. mean, I won't lie to you. I mean, Mississippi State, the three that they threw against us, uh, may be the best weekends that uh, arms we'll see all year long. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, uh, you know, Gann went
3: out there and carved up a good Texas Tech 4-2. to two. Uh, And then, of course, Smalls uh, beat Sam Houston. Uh, Sam Houston gave him a pretty good run. But you know, that's a good staff there. Gonzaga, you know, I knew they had two – Two guys returning that turned down uh, pro offers last year as as juniors and or draft eligible guys. The guy on Friday uh, was really really good. I mean that was a, a good arm, 93 with a really good hammer, and uh, kind of like he was their Nick Sandlin. He was their closer the year before, and they moved him to a starter this year. So we've seen some really good arms, but you know the message has been just this. At the end of the year, if you're wanting to continue to play when everybody else goes home, you're going to be seeing good arms. So you better hit them, and you better learn to hit them. So mm-hmm. that is uh, that's what we're trying to do right now, is and that's what we try to do with that schedule. You know, we try to challenge them early, and uh, and hopefully that you learn from it, you become better for it.
2: And Coach, in the long run, isn't that, isn't it better to play a schedule like that than, than maybe some teams that would choose to play a lot of soft opponents early in the year? Doesn't it just make you more prepared in a lot of ways for your conference play?
3: Well, I think it does. And, I mean, certainly that's what we try to do. I mean, wins are – trust me, it, it's a lot easier to wake up in the morning after a win than it is a loss. Uh, you know, today was a tough day to get up. Yesterday was a really tough day, Yeah, uh, obviously, but – today was a tough day and the fact that you had momentum and you can't you can't get through 5 innings to get that a complete game and you felt like you guys really competed well and everything that happened to us on saturday they were trying to to recover and right the ship uh, mm-hmm. on on yesterday and and in, it kind of does not work out for you so right. uh, you know but at, when it's all said and done you, know, you it this is this is on our phone it's not a sprint Right. And and that's what we have to do, right. and we have to look at that. And we talk all the time, Bob, you and I, and, and Luke, and, and the people listening in to the Eagle Hour. It's it's the next most important game on the schedule is this next one.
1: Right.
2: And
3: it's you know Wednesday against Southern University, who who's a pretty good club. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. So.
2: Coach, if you'll hang on a minute, I got another question I want to ask you about about baseball fields and weather conditions, okay. and Luke may have a couple more for you as well. We've got head baseball coach Scott Berry on with us here on the Eagle Hour Monday edition. Looking forward to continuing that conversation on the other side of the break. Stay with us.
1: top.
2: Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Monday edition from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us, as we are every day. I want to thank Campus Bookmark for sponsoring the second segment of our show each day. They, of course, have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel that you'll find anywhere. And uh, you can shop online at campusbookmart.net, or of course, if you're in town, you can visit them on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus, Campus campusbookmart, and campusbookmart.net. We're talking ahead baseball coach Scott Berry uh, after a tough week, but uh, a lot of excitement's obviously still in the air about this baseball team And as we move forward. Coach, I want to get off of the game just for a minute. I want to ask you your opinion on something. It was frustrating Friday afternoon, of course, to see the sun kind of out and, and the weather's pretty nice friday night but we were unable to play because of the rain and how it had soaked the baseball field and it got me to thinking about uh, some of the other places that we see the golden eagles play and uh, some have artificial turf a lot of schools of course have natural grass is there a movement toward artificial turf and would you be in favor of ever having an artificial turf field at the peak
3: well the to answer your first question, uh, yes, there is a movement. You're seeing more and more people that are going to that, and I think it's just cost-effective. It's it's everything is just makes your program more efficient, and particularly uh, mid-level uh, type programs are going to it uh, just because they don't have the interior people to to keep up natural grass field. I think everybody loves playing on on natural grass, but at, at the same time, uh, you know, I look at our own situation here and the second part of your question, yes, I would be very in favor of mm-hmm. of synthetic turf. And here's why. Number one, uh you don't ever have to worry about what we just saw our program have to go through this weekend. We were very fortunate to even get it in on Saturday. If you want to know the truth, um, I knew yesterday any rain at all, we're done. Uh, that's why we, you know, we wanted to try to get it up to ten o'clock in the morning and maybe beat it. And uh, you know, that's why we've moved it to Wednesday. And it's because the ground is is so saturated. You know, our field needs to be completely redone. It hasn't been uh, redone since the outfield hasn't been redone since nineteen ninety three. Mm. And the French drains that are in there obviously are completely clogged. The soil in this type uh, of our area right here, South Mississippi, it's it's a lot of clay. It's a lot of gumbo, yazoo clay. Um, so we just – I'm getting no percolation in our field at all. I mean, there's nothing. It's just standing water out there with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. The first time I've ever had to do this, Bob, Luke, in 35 years of coaching – but to add to ground rules on Friday that if a ball disappears in the ground in the outfield, this is the way we're going to have to play it. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but that could have happened very easily in places where a high-fly ball comes down and it just goes in the ground and disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we discussed that because it needed to be discussed. And that's where we are with this field right now. I mean, there's no quick fix. I mean, the drains are clogged and we don't, you know, it's unusual that we've had as much rain as we've had this year, uh, but it just doesn't dry out. But synthetic turf allows you to not have to worry about that. We also don't have an indoor place to go to, you know, so when it is raining or it has rained uh, and it stops, you just, you know, on natural grass, you just don't walk out there and start Practicing all, all of a sudden. But with synthetic, synthetic turf, you do. If you've got an indoor, you go over the indoor and you practice. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of advantages to programs like ours that don't have the resources, whether it be manpower or f- facilities, to offset uh, conditions that don't allow you to get on natural grass fields. So, mm-hmm. you know, this summer we'll have to do something to our field. I'm hoping that we can turf it, but I don't know. You know, we'll have to mm-hmm. uh, address that financially and what we can afford, but we're going to have to do something, uh, right. obviously, as we're all seeing.
2: Well, and, and not to mention, it seems to me, the revenue you lose on a Friday night, for example. You'd, uh, have, you'd have had a great crowd Friday night. And
3: Well, you know, anytime, time, especially in a program like ours where we do draw, uh, you know, we're in top 20 attendance every year. Uh, you know, when you have to double up a gate as just one gate, you're obviously, like you said, you're losing money. Mm-hmm. And uh so that you know, you're right, it's very important. Talking to Ray Miller uh on on Tuesday's game with U and O, who Ray is down in New Orleans area. He said ever since Tulane had turfed theirs, they've lost one game. Is
1: that same, right? hmm.
3: Uh to and it was really to lightning more than it was to rain. So, you know, it's 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 pretty important when it comes to to getting those games in and getting those practices. There's one thing you and I and everybody else can't get back, and that's time. And every time we lose time on that field and people that have synthetic turf, they don't. And we don't get that time back. So, uh, you know, certainly if we can afford it, that's what I would like to move to. But we'll see what happens.
2: So you think that's a possibility, Coach?
3: You know, I like to hope that it is mm-hmm. i mean just for the reasons that you and i just discussed right and uh, i hope it is but you know once again i understand uh finances are huge and uh you know we will we'll just have to address whatever we can afford and to do then at the end of the day that's what we'll have to do but right. if you were to say, ask me what would you rather do i would tell
2: you synthetic terms. all right all right good good point all right luke you got something else for coach before we let him go
0: yeah, just a, couple, just a couple more, Coach. With that said, do you keep the dirt, Coach, or do you uh, – I've seen some places where they even turf the dirt.
3: I would turf everything. I really would. Just from a maintenance standpoint, get away with it. You know, get away from it. Don't have to worry about mud, even the mound. You know, the thing with even the mound, people say, oh, don't do that. But you know what? It keeps it consistent for everybody. That closer, whether it's your closer their closer, he doesn't have to come in and inherit a huge crater that some – starting pitcher has gone out there and just kicked and dug. I mean, it stays consistent all the time. And once again, I'm looking at the manpower to keep up our field and keep it like it's, like it's supposed to be. I mean, those fields that I have played on that have synthetic turf mounds, such as Western Kentucky, Tulane, Vanderbilt, they all up And from what they say in their pitchers, they don't think a thing about it. And our guys have pitched on those, have had no problem with
0: it either. So, yeah, I'll do the whole thing. Well, well Coach, uh, we're willing to offer the Eagle Hour to raise some money for that turf. Bob's willing to, you know, uh, <laughs> right, take it. pies to the face or do whatever he needs to do to, to do that. But yeah. we'll be your biggest cheerleader behind that if that's the direction we need to go. Bob, well, let's make it happen.
3: Well, I can tell you, nobody likes to see us get rained out or have to move games or have to doubleheader. header. I mean, we don't like to do it. But at the end of the day, we've got to do the best we can to get those games you know, yeah. and uh, you know, you look at this weekend coming up. I got twenty percent chance of rain on Friday, eighty percent on Saturday, sixty percent on Sunday. So I'm kind of planting the seed there. Something may have to be adjust adjusted this Friday, uh, this mm-hmm. weekend. I, mm-hmm. You know, not yet. Do we have to do that? But no. you know, I got to kind of look into that future too. So uh, synthetic turf kind of allows you to not have to worry about. All
2: that stuff. We you need know. to do this, Coach. I was lost Friday night. I kept walking out in the front yard and looking up. I could see some stars, and I was going, gum, I'm supposed hey. to be at the Pete.
3: Well, I went recruiting Friday night, and somebody gave me a state score, and I looked at him, and I said, They're playing on Thursday night? And he said, Coach, this is
2: Friday.
3: <laughs> and I was like, gosh, it is Friday. So, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, I was with you. I was uh, lost, too. I uh, really was.
2: I got you. All right, Luke, you got something else? That's it, man. That's it. All right, Coach, we appreciate your time as always. And, uh, you you know, we're your biggest fans. And
3: uh, Stay with us. We'll get it figured
2: out. We're not going anywhere, Coach. We'll look forward to talking to you next Monday about uh, some wins over Southern University and Holy Cross look forward to it all okay. right coach Thanks. scott barry everybody uh, head baseball coach uh southern Miss. I, I thought a lot about that friday luke you know we were doing the show up at fourth street we could see the sunshine coming through the window and uh and the game had been canceled it's really frustrating and i would think in the long run if you add up the cost of all the maintenance the tractors the equipment the fertilizer all the things that go into keeping up a ball field Then you factor in lost revenue from games like Friday night. In the long run, you save money by turfing the field.
0: Yeah, you get to play, and and what one of the big things that coach just said is it's a consistent playing surface. It doesn't change, it doesn't go anywhere. It gives it's basically a, another option. It gives you a practice facility. That's what we did when we turfed the rock back in the day. You know, there were times that we couldn't go out on the practice field because we'd have shredded it, and we just went right out there and, and didn't have an indoor, but we were able to practice. You know, right. on the turf even when it was wet. So it's an investment, and basically you just heard your skipper tell us this is what we need. So if you're out there and and uh you know let's get a movement going let's start this up let's turf the peat and uh you know let's let's not uh, have it because think about it again Gonzaga University comes in from Washington and right. you're almost, you know, having to eat a little crow. You know what I mean? What happens right. this weekend? The
2: same thing happens. Holy Cross coming from Massachusetts. So, you know, let's get this movement going. Let's turf the Pete. Anything this show can do to help we're there helping. And, uh, you know, that would be, I think, a great move for Southern Miss baseball. All right. Lady Eagles uh, were in action on the softball field. They fell to Alabama by a score of 3-1, to beat Michigan State 5-2. to They're now 10-8 on the season. When we come back, Tim Yelverton. And I was going to talk a little golf, and he's a really good one to do that. And then a little later on, we'll recap basketball as well as the Eagle Hour continues.
1: to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: want to thank Southern Miss baseball coach Scott Berry for joining us in those first two segments. And uh, let's get this movement started to turf the peat. Uh, you heard what he said, and even with the chance of rain this weekend, uh, we need uh, some of you guys out there to come through, and let's uh, get a movement started and make sure that we never miss any type of Southern Miss baseball from from here on out. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day, and uh, f- with our good friends at 4th Street uh, Bar and Grill, we were there Friday, man, the food was excellent. They've got a great lunch special every single day, Monday through Friday. Go by and, and check them out. Great place, tons of artifacts, including the autograph, 1987-19, or 1987-NIT team. Casey Fisher, the the, the, pic, the the face that Casey Fisher made on that poster was uh, was, was pretty incredible. Uh, that was but
2: the best, I Good people over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was fun. So go by and see them. Uh, good good people over there, and, and they, they love Southern Miss. We're happy to have with us, uh, and, and I'm hoping to get a few little tips out of this, uh, Bob. But Tim Yelverton uh, is one of the greatest uh, golf players. Players ever come through Southern Miss. He's on the Conference USA All-Decade Team. The only time, uh, the only Southern Miss golfer to be a multiple All-Conference USA uh, award winner, and now is the short game coach at the Old Waverly Club in West Point, Mississippi. And Tim joins us now. Tim, how you doing?
1: Hey man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: I don't think this segment's long enough uh, for you to give me enough tips to help my short game out so we'll just bypass that and uh, we'll we'll talk about that um, at, at a later time man but yeah I mean you're you're one of the best short game guys in the world you you coach so many uh so many pros and you yourself you've had professional experience what's life like right now for you
1: it's everything's really good it really is I'm very blessed to be uh busy and Working at Old Waverly Golf Club for the Bryan family—it's it's an awesome place to play golf. It's an awesome place to work. Um, you know, I also work alongside with uh, another Southern Miss golfer, VJ Trolio. He—he uh, and I—we've been working here together for together for a little over twelve years now. I and mean, then he was here actually about six or seven years before I We've been up in West Point for quite a while now.
0: Wow! How did uh, how'd you get to Southern Miss? Our, our listeners, especially you guys, man, that they just go on to such great things. They always like to hear about how you ended up to be a Golden Eagle. How'd, how'd you come to Southern Miss?
1: Well, I, I grew up in McGee, so I, I grew up just 40, 45 miles up the up Highway forty nine, and uh, I actually played uh, my first few years for Sam Hall, and I played with him in a golf tournament. Actually, uh, the state amateur was at uh, Laurel Country Club. And I believe I was, it was the summer that I believe I was 15, um, and I played pretty decent that week, and uh, I actually got paired with Sam on the, uh, on the in the third round. And so we uh, we struck up some conversation, and we had a good time. I played decent that week, and, uh, you know, then we just stayed in contact from then on um, through the next couple of years, and then um, I committed early in, uh, in my senior year, and then yeah, then made the short drive down to Hattiesburg for McGee, and uh, it was an awesome experience.
2: Hey, Tom Bob Getty here. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Two-time Gulf States PGA Section Player of the Year during your career. For our listeners that may not know what that means exactly, explain that for us, please.
1: Well, the Gulf, the Gulf State section is Mississippi and Louisiana, and so it, it, you know, it's, it includes all the clubs uh, in those two states. And um, you know, so the any award for the be player of the year, teacher of the year, things like that, you know, you're basically um competing with your with your peers in Mississippi and Louisiana and then uh previous award winners form a committee and uh they're nominated to and then they vote on that and then you're awarded uh, for, for things like Teacher of the Year and then for player of the year it's a point scale from uh from the from like our section championship and our chapter championship and then tournaments throughout the year that that, that uh, club pros that we can play in.
2: Mm-hmm. I think golf's so unusual in that it's a sport that you uh, you know you can carry through the rest of your life. Probably safe to say that Luke right now uh, or any any guy like Luke that played college football can't go play college football right now but you can play golf throughout your life and I, i'm guessing golf becomes just a huge part of your life uh, if a guy has talent like you do
1: uh, well you know absolutely i mean golf is it opens numerous doors whether it be competitive golf or business golf or recreational golf and then i mean you know i have i have golfers that i work with that are literally four or five years old and then uh, all the way up to you know we have a we have a member at Waverly who um, who's in his nineties and still plays golf. So I mean, literally, it's gener- and, and it's awesome that you can you can play with generation to generation. And you know, I think about the times so when I was growing up, um, you know, I played with more men um, than I did kids. Um, so you know, so you you start interacting with with uh, people that you look up to, and you know, you, a lot of life lessons you can learn on the golf course for sure.
2: All right, Luke, you were boasting uh, to Dalton and I during the break that you thought you could take Tim uh, in 18 holes. Did you want to? Did you want to Tim
0: uh, Bob Bob Getty is a compulsive liar and it it really comes out on the radio. Um, I I think I think my exact statement was Bob said, "How bad would Tim beat you down?" I I said, "I think beat is a light word. Uh, I don't think it's it's even would even remotely." But man, talk to us. uh, A a whole lot of people uh, love the success that you've had. Old Waverly is a fantastic uh, club. You're you're in your home state doing what you love, but you're you impact impacting, man, all these professionals around the world. How, how cool is it that, uh, you know, the guys that we see play at PGA and, and web.com, we, we, you have an influence in their game?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's fun. It, it is, and it's a change of pace. I, I really like it. You know, I've got the Honda uh, last week and uh, working with some guys down there. And uh, so anytime you can be around, you know, the best players in the world and, you know, you learn from them and then help them actually learn something too, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to – to uh, To coach those guys, I mean, there is. It, I don't think so. the. I really don't know if the average fan really appreciates how good the guys are on the PGA Tour. I mean, they they uh, they really <laughs> they really know how to play golf. And um, but then you know, then you come back home and you work with with some junior golfers, or you work with club players, or college players. You know, I think probably one of the you know one of the groups that I really enjoy the most, or the the fourteen, fifteen, sixteen-year-olds that are, that are aspiring to play college golf um, and maybe even beyond. But, you know, they want to. I, I know my experience at Southern Miss was awesome, and I really enjoyed playing college golf. as so, a you know, it's a little different in the sense that it's a, usually you play golf as an individual sport, and then all of a sudden you're in a team environment. Um, so that adds a different dynamic to it. But um, that group of guys, you know, they, they really want to work hard and um, you know improve daily and and then hopefully, you know, land a, a scholarship somewhere at a school. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fun, helping someone be able to achieve, you know, achieve their goals.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and I've got somebody in, in in my life. i got a friend whose son, uh, he's an eighth grader, and he's pretty good for his high school team now. But there's a whole lot of, of people out there across the state of Mississippi that would look to you a professional. And, and what would you say to them? you got a kid, you know, maybe he's 12 or 13. He can swing the sticks pretty good. What advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, first off, you know, it's, it's just be a resource and you know it's just help help that helps that golfer he or she whomever it may be you know invest in themselves. I mean, it, and, and, and when I say invest in themselves, I mean, just invest daily just daily incremental investments. You know, whether it's going to going out to work out work out in the gym, work on their short game, work on their full swing. You know, um, maybe it's speaking with a sports psychologist, whatever. I mean. These guys, the reason why we're seeing such a high level of play, you know, on TV now, and why players are coming out so polished, is because I mean they're constantly investing themselves, and uh, and, and you see the dividends. I mean, you see how everything's paying off for these guys. I mean, that are coming, you know, some are leaving college early and playing on the tour. You know, that's a different subject for whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I mean, guys are, you know, they're coming out at 21. 20 years old and I mean they're ready to win and we're really starting to see what Tiger Woods did for the game you know late 90s this is like you know this is kind of the, the byproduct of all of that it, it's like everyone is uh, it's, it's just amazing how much better everyone is how much sooner how much sooner they're like I said they're polished and they're ready to perform and they're ready to win so I mean but anytime you can invest in yourself you know you're willing to do that um yeah, you'll really grow as a player for sure.
2: Well, Tim, we thank you for your time, man. Uh, it was a good conversation. Uh, we appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us, and keep enjoying that good life you're living.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you guys <laughs> for having me, and, and hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll get on the golf course soon. Uh, hopefully this weather's going to break and uh, everything will warm up, turn green, and uh, if you guys are ever in. Uh, West Point or around
2: here, come see me at All right, Tim. Thanks a lot, man. Tim Yovlchun, yeah, everybody, man. former great golfer uh, for the Golden Eagle. Uh, Luke, so you play golf and I don't, so I really I don't have any parallels to it. But if you take a if you take a guy that's a PGA player, okay, let's say middle, he's in the middle of the pack, on average, how many strokes better is he than a than a good everyday amateur golfer? Fifteen, maybe, and really? and that much. You hear these guys that
0: say, well, you hear these guys that say, you know, they're they're a scratch golfer, they're a plus two golfer. Yeah, you're playing at your local country club. You're not playing at Sawgrass or Augusta, Right. <laughs> or you know these these crazy. Uh, maybe ten or so. Yeah. You know, but the the shots that these pros can pull off. Uh, especially with the way they work, the ball is is just ridiculous. Now, now,
2: Jim Taylor may give Timmy Overton a run for his money, but that's a whole nother. Well, that's the famous stump, Taylor. No question about it. All right, when we come back, Luke and I want to talk a little basketball. So stay with us.
1: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
0: Hour. I want to thank Tim Yelverton. Pretty cool to have one of the best short game instructors in the world on the show. Uh, And he is a Southern Miss Golden Eagle uh, from McGee, Mississippi. So appreciate Tim joining us. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry in Petal, Mississippi. Also online, cartersjewelry.com home of the SMTTT jewelry line. Well, Lady Eagles uh, got another win this weekend, demolished UTSA. They win 72-39. It was senior day, and Megan Brown had a last good game inside Reed Green Coliseum. 12 points, 6 rebounds. Shantae Hales also 12 points and 5 assists. Lady Eagles improve to 9-6 and six in Conference USA, 17-11 and 11 overall. Currently tied for 4th place, and if you remember how they started the season, they are ending at a whole lot better. Their final regular season game this coming Thursday at 6, up in Charlotte against the Lady 49ers. Uh, Baseball game, if you missed the early segment, tomorrow night's game against Southern University has been moved back to Wednesday at 6 p.m. Coach Barry informed us of that a little earlier, and we are starting our Turf the Pete uh, campaign um, today. Men's basketball, we want to talk about the Western Kentucky game, but... Cortez Edwards, senior guard, is... has been named to the a finalist for the C Spire Howell Trophy which is the top basketball player in the state second time that a Cortez has been a finalist for that Look, Le- Bob let's talk about that a basketball game yesterday men drop a close one again 76-71 up in Bowling Green against Western Kentucky Eagles shot the ball good I thought I thought they played hard uh, just it's kind of disappointing um, down the stretch uh, Western Kentucky made some big shots so that,
2: I thought their effort was courageous and, and Doc Sadler said as much after the the game, that that uh, he couldn't be any prouder of their effort. Uh, boy, I'm so aggravated with the conference. It just seems like that they've just stunted the momentum of basketball here at the end of the season. But uh, Western Kentucky, I thought, uh, was the most talented team I saw play uh, here in Hattiesburg this year. So I, I knew that it would be tough. And, and now, now, right back on the road, am I right, against the number one team in the league, Old Dominion?
0: Yeah, you take on old Dominion Wednesday at six. Th- this game yesterday, we talked about how the Eagles would have to uh, shoot the ball well from the outside. They did. At one point in the game, Western Kentucky was running a two, three zone, six, eight wings on either side, and then Bassey at six, 11. Golden Eagles did two things really good yesterday. They, they shut down Bassey. He was, he was coming in averaging about a double, double a game. They held him to nine points and seven rebounds. So way under his average. Uh, Golden Eagles, Shot the ball extremely well. They shot in a fifty-one, uh, right at fifty-two percent for the game, fifty percent from three-point. But it went back just like that UAB game, Bob. You you take away their interior game, and then they just start hitting shots from the outside. Western right. Kentucky yesterday uh, hit, I think it was like eight or nine three-pointers in the second half. And when a team beats you from outside the arc, ultimately you just kind of have to tip your hat at them and just say, hey, you know, we we did the best we could, and that's that's what the Eagles did. Eagles. Uh, Nothing to hang their heads about. Tyree Griffin, another monster day. 21 points, nine assists. Ladavius Drain, who I think, um, you know, he doesn't doesn't start. He's our sixth man, and, and he comes off the bench 16 points. Bob, last year there was no depth in this game alone. Southern Miss thirty six points off the bench. Western mm-hmm. Kentucky only seven. So uh, with UAB losing again this weekend, Southern Miss still is in fourth place. So uh, they need to win one of these last two um, in order to lock up a bye for the tournament. Well,
2: and, and fans, keep this in mind. Uh, Doc Sadler still playing with one less scholarship than everybody he competes against. He's got this team seventeen and eleven on the season nine and seven in the conference they've lost some really close games to the best teams in the conference uh doc sadler has earned an extension of his contract that's just my opinion but uh i'm hoping that we get that news as soon as basketball is over also luke i think and, and you mentioned this to me during the break southern miss baseball fans this is it's 2013 was the last time the program lost five straight games that says a lot about the program but it's early in the year we've got some injured players we've got some new kids that are still finding their footing and as i told you as of all people as my wife said to me saturday night when we got home everybody just needs to relax these kids will find their footing soon i think that's exactly correct don't you
0: yeah, you look at what they're facing. You look at the injuries to Blaylock, now Powers, Walner is uh, with the pitching. You're starting two or three freshmen every single game. There's just uh, you're gonna have to be patient, and you look at the teams that we played. We faced in the last three series, uh, not the midweeks, but the last three series, we faced at least uh, at least one or two pitchers that have been below to mid nineties. And that's where the strikeouts are coming from. You couple that with youth. As Coach Barry said, man, just hang on. Um, it, it's
2: going to get better. It, it's got to get better. Uh, and I believe it will get better. And have played nothing but very good baseball teams. There hasn't been a soft team on the schedule. They've played very good baseball teams all year. Would have been easy to schedule some softies to come in here, but they chose not to do that, and I'm with you. I think. Uh, I think at the right. end of the year we'll be playing for the conference championship.
0: Let's do this. Let let's let let's breathe. There we go. Deep breath. Deep
2: breath. That sounds like you every day though, bro, Bob. I don't know. We were just talking, we were kind of hearing that out of you earlier today. So uh back away from that mic Negative. a little bit, bro. <laughs> back yeah. tomorrow at one o'clock. Yeah. Uh, Luke is off. <laughs> uh, Kelly Sander will be in. Uh we'll talk to you tomorrow at one. Until then, everybody. Southern Miss. To the top.
1: The